So American citizens, especially. So, um, you know, you, you, you think about going, you plan your trip, you, you find out, um, if you're part of a missions trip, they usually prep you and they tell you in this country, you know, when we get there, don't do this. This is totally, if you do that, you'll end up imprisoned. You know, this is their culture and, and this is how you need to dress. I mean, when I went on mission trip, they told us, you know, this will be offensive. If you dress like this, this will be offensive to the people that you're, we're trying to reach. So please dress like this. Oh, okay. So there's things you have to learn. There's things you have to adjust in your, in, in, in your, in your life. You have to make adjustments. You can't just say, you know, have that mentality of, well, I'm going to show them <laughs> how I live and how, you know, that's not how it works. Not how it works. And so as we come and are born again into the kingdom of heaven, become kingdom citizens, doesn't it behoove us to say, okay, what do I need to know? How do I need it? How do I do this? How, how am I supposed to do? How am I supposed to be a good kingdom citizen? What need do I, what do I need to change? What, what do I need to learn? And Jesus laid it out for us. That's the good news. We don't have to go to the library and do a big research project or have the right connections and pay somebody off to, to tell us the, the right thing. We have it. We have the book. He gave us the book. And, and when he came, as I've expressed to you, he came to represent his kingdom to us and to say, um, I'm from a different kingdom. He said it even, I believe, to Pilate. My kingdom of not, is not of this world, otherwise my followers would fight. In other words, he wasn't defenseless. <laughs> he had all the power of heaven and earth behind him. Pilate could have been annihilated in, instantaneously if he so chose. It wasn't the lack of, lack of that. It was that his kingdom was not of this world. He, he came from a different kingdom. He was representing something much bigger. As we flew this past week, you know, up above the clouds, you get up above the clouds. Wow, it's sunny up there, up above the clouds. You know, we, we've, we've lived under this cloudy stuff here in this area for a really long time. We're all tired of it. I think every one of you would say yes to that. We would all be happy to have some sunny days. Well, when you get up above the clouds, it's sunny. <laughs> How about that? And it just reminded me, it made me think of this. You know, God's kingdom, he's, he sits in the heavenlies, and his perspective is totally different from ours. We're down here underneath the rain clouds, dealing with mopping up mud and sanitizing. and But his perspective is totally different. The sun is shining. You understand what I'm saying? It's a whole different perspective. And so as we become kingdom citizens, as we walk in his kingdom, we need to learn how to have a different perspective than everybody else around us. They're all caught up in raking in the mud and being the top mud rakers, so to speak. <laughs> but God's kingdom whew, lifts us right up and out and, and, and into a whole different realm. And so we need to learn. So where do we, how do we learn? We learn by we, we come to the word and we say, okay, well, what did Jesus actually say about his kingdom? And I haven't had a chance to do this yet, although I did give you that worksheet that one day. But I am going to compile a little bit of a list for us <clears throat> that we can use as a reference 
Because you remember when we started, we said, well, where does it start? It started at repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So that'll be number one. The kingdom of heaven starts at, that's how we entered the kingdom, right? And I'll just make a little list <clears throat> for all of us that we can use, it, like I said, as a reference to kind of go back and, and just hit those points all the time and say, oh, okay, so this is kingdom mentality. Am I? We have to, we have to fight this, okay? We all live in a world that's, we're bombarded with, and we're in spiritual warfare being attacked by this, by Satan and his emissaries, or, you know, it comes all various ways, and, and we're in life, and we're mopping up flood water, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And the, the, the system of this world and the thoughts of this world are pressing in all around us, and people, you know, people talking to us and engaging with us that, that don't have kingdom mentality. And so we have to guard, we have to fight, we have to be, we have to make a conscious effort because that sort of stuff starts to, to filter in and it filters in slowly. So as we walk day by day, I was just saying that, you know, we're pressured to absorb thinking that is not kingdom thinking and it seeps in. It's not because we want to be bad or we don't want to do what we're supposed to do. No, of course not. <laughs> we have a desire. We love, we love the Lord. Each one of us has invited Jesus into our lives and his Holy Spirit dwells in us and he lives inside of us and we have a desire. But like I was saying, you know, um, I was just using the flood as an example. The, the waters rise and what, what, what's the result? You're mopping and disinfecting and helping other people mop and disinfect and you're all caught up in the, in the clean up mop up operation, right? It's your entire focus. But as we flew this week and got up out from under the clouds, it was sun was shining brightly <laughs> and it was beautiful up above the clouds. And so we have to actually consciously make an effort to remind ourselves as we go through our daily life and not that we shouldn't help people and we shouldn't be concerned and mopping up that we have to do that but in that we still have to hold within ourselves I'm part of the kingdom of heaven there's a plan there's a purpose for this day I'm part of a bigger picture so God whatever I'm doing today whoever I'm helping however I'm able to serve People around me today help me never to, to forget that it's about kingdom work, that I'm about your business. That's what Jesus said even when he was 12 years old, right? I must be about my father's business. He had that conscious knowledge that he was part of a bigger picture. And that's hard for us to hold on to because we live in the physical body and in this, this physical earth. And so our consciousness is all natural and earthly. And so it takes an effort for us to say, okay, wait a minute, whoops, hold on. There's more going on here. And so I'm just encouraging us to, to keep reminding ourselves. And so this good, there's a good study for us. We're in Matthew 5. We're going to pick up at verse 33. Jesus is teaching. And this we see this all through Jesus' life. He's always referring to the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of heaven. So where do we go to find out about the kingdom of heaven? We come to his word. He gave us the book. So we're not left to figure it all out on our own two, 
two cents worth up here. <laughs> we have the book. So we go to the book and we say, okay, Lord, help me. Holy Spirit, teach me. Bring it to my remembrance when I need it. It says, when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against it. What does that mean? That means when our thoughts are being flooded with, with, with the earthly, with the natural, with the negative, with the things that are, are bringing us into turmoil and confusion, that the Spirit of the Lord within us will rise up and build up a, a levee <laughs> to keep those floodwaters out that are trying to... You understand? I'm using the flood because we've lived through it. We've experienced it. We understand that. That's how Satan comes against us. Like the, like the floodwaters. The floodwaters that keep rising, rising, rising. But in Wilkes-Barre, that, that levee held, didn't it? Not, not everywhere it held. But there it held. And that's what we have. We have the Spirit of the Lord within us to raise up that levee and to say, oh no, you're not allowed in here. But we have to participate in that, don't we? That's a choice. We have to participate in that. Okay. Again, ye have heard that has been said by them of old time, thou shalt not forswear thyself, but shalt perform unto the Lord thine oaths. But I say to you, swear not at all, neither by heaven, for it is God's throne, nor by the earth, for it is his footstool. Think about that. <laughs> we read that quickly. Think about God sitting down and the earth is his footstool. Pretty amazing thought, isn't it? Oh, a pretty big God, huh? If the earth is his footstool. Hmm. Just ponder, ponder it, because it tells us about God and how big he is. Neither by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. Neither shalt thou swear by thy head, because thou canst, cannot make one hair white or black, but let your communication be yea, yea, nay, nay, for whatsoever is more than that comes of evil. This teaches us how Jesus Christ expects us to communicate with one another and be true to our word, something that has been lost in our secular world. Has it not? People will say yes to your face, and then they, they, they just don't have the courage to say, no, I can't do that, or I'm sorry, whatever, whatever, whatever the reason, they'll say yes to your face, and they'll walk away, and they'll never, never follow through. They'll never do it. That's not kingdom. That's not kingdom living. God wants us to be so true to our word that when we say yes, the person we said yes to can bank on it that you are going to follow through and be true to your word. Our word has got to be worth something in this world. That's the difference between kingdom dwellers and not kingdom dwellers. That's something that should mark us as Christians that we are true to our word. We don't have to say, I swear on a, on a pile of Bibles as high as the Empire State Building that I will do this. We should not have to ever do that. Something's wrong if, if that's the way we live. When we say, yes, I will, yes, I will. When we say, no, I can't, it, it's it's truth. We we cannot. Well, there's there's something hindrous. Yes, and and that's that's another part that the government's up to now has uh, provi made provision for. But just to to make us aware of how we may we must learn we must learn to be faithful to be accountable. And when we say yes, we mean yes. When we say I will do this, 
we follow through. Sometimes, you know, in the, in the Old Testament it says that um, a man who swears to his own hurt and, a, and, and doesn't change, right? That that, that that person is blessed. That's kingdom mentality. Sometimes we say, yes, I will do, and it actually is inconvenient, and it actually costs us more than we had any idea it was going to cost us, but we gave our word. And so kingdom mentality says, follow through, even though it costs you. Is God good enough to make it up? <laughs> sure he is. Sure he is. And makes us more careful the next time. Maybe we'll think it through a little harder and longer the next time before I get, we give our word. That doesn't mean we shouldn't give our word. It means we should, we should be true to our word. God is looking for truth on the inward, in the inward parts. Not just saying yes to everything. Or, or whatever. You understand what I'm saying? Giving your word, whatever, whatever the circumstance is. You give your word, be true to your word. Whatever, whatever it is. That's what God is looking for. Because is God true to his word? When he speaks, what happens? He speaks and the sound of his voice goes out. And does it accomplish what it's sent to do? It does accomplish what it, I, I wish I could, I wish I could describe to you this is the picture that, that this creates in my heart and mind. He speaks in the sound of his voice. The angels obey, they go, they do. The whole solar system continues to spin and, and he upholds it all by what? The word that goes forth from his mouth. He's true to his word. He's true to his word. And that's what he's looking for in us. And this is a concept that whoosh, people just don't even get. Don't ever stop and even think about being true to the word. Okay, that doesn't matter. Oh, well, they'll understand. You know, like, this is who our God is. This is what he's expecting us to be. We want to understand kingdom mentality. This is a piece of it. Being true to our word. That when our word goes forth, we follow through. It's all. Bottom line. We don't, we don't rationalize. We don't argue. We don't keep, we don't keep saying, well, I would have, but I couldn't, but, you yeah. We don't, we don't do that. We say, I gave my word. So this is what I'm doing. I spoke it. I spoke it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fulfill it. God helping me. And he does help us. This is what Jesus is saying. All right. Did you, ye have heard that it has been said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. That was the old law, wasn't it? That was the Old Testament law. You break somebody's arm, they could break yours. Kind of. <laughs> yeah, ouch. But it was that was that was the law? But I say to you that ye resist not evil. Oh, ouch! We don't like this. Come on, let's be honest here. That ye resist not evil. But whosoever shall smite thee on thy right cheek, turn to him the other. If any man will sue you at law, take away your coat. Let him have thy cloak also. Whoever shall compel thee go a mile, go with him too. You have to understand that the Romans, they were watching coming through coming through the marketplace and they saw you and they had stuff that needed carried, they could, they, could, they could compel you, they could command you to carry their stuff for a mile. And Jesus said, if they command you to carry it a mile, carry it two miles. Hmm. Give to him that asks of you, and from him that would borrow of thee, turn thou not away. Wow. Kingdom mentality? Ah. Ouch. Right, because also the Lord asks us to walk in wisdom and be good stewards. He's entrusted us with stewardship. 
Right, this is not an excuse for stupidity. There's a lot of people in our world that take care, uh, that, that take great advantage of um, Christian mentality. <laughs> and God didn't call us to be stupid. And there's a lot of stupid Christians running around. I'm sorry, I don't mean it as de to be derogatory, but that's, that's, it's truth. God didn't call us to be stupid. He called us to be good stewards. Good stewards. We're going to be judged on how we, our stewardship and how, how we, how we took care of what he gave us, what he's given us. What are we doing with it? We are going to, that's what the parables, all the kingdom parables tell us that, that he's going to requ require to see what did you do with what I gave you? So, again, you know, this is kingdom mentality, and we are to pray for our enemies, aren't we? We're to bless them. We're not to, to you know, our, our initial reaction to something evil that happens to us is to retaliate. Come on, let's say, let's say the truth. Somebody does, does you bad, you want to get even with them. You want to see vengeance come on them. I mean, well, if you're human, you do. Jesus says, pray for them, bless them. You never know. when That doesn't get them off the hook. You know, there's a piece that is so misunderstood in our Christian world. When we forgive someone, when we turn the other cheek, that does not get the person who does it, the perpetrator, off the hook. As far as God's concerned, God's not a fool. God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man sows, that shall he also reap. There are consequences in that person's life that they are not going to be able to escape because of the way they have mistreated you. We do not have the right to for not forgive because it blocks our prayers, it blocks our relationship, it clogs the connection and the relationship that we have with our God and Father and Savior Jesus Christ. And we cannot afford to to live in a place of unforgiveness. We've all had things happen to us that are incomprehensible, that are totally wrong, have been very hurtful, and we all could, we all could close our Bibles up today and say, you know what, that's it, I'm done. But we're still here, aren't we, why? Because we've made a choice at some point along the way to forgive and say, I can't afford not to forgive. Exactly. And so we must. And, you know, it's going to happen again. Guess what? Hello? <laughs> Somebody's going to hurt us again. That's just the way we're made up. Hurts will come. Pain will come. Evil stuff happens. All we're responsible for in this regard is what? The kingdom mentality is our heart. Keeping our heart clear before God. All wrongs cannot be righted. I want to, I'm here to tell you. There, you know, there's people that think every wrong in your life has to be righted. I'm sorry to tell you that just is not how it works. There were people who crucified Jesus who never believed on him. Okay? He forgave them. But did that make, did, 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 did that get, get them off the hook? No. It did if they believed in him, if they repented, if they asked for forgiveness for their sins and, and accepted him as their Lord and Savior, then he cleansed them. There were still consequences, let me tell you. Even somebody who gets forgiven and goes on to heaven, 
There are consequences in their life. They had that memory. If they became a believer, that memory doesn't just get wiped away and eradicated. They had that consciousness all the time. I participated. Was well, we all have, but I mean they were physically there, you know what I'm saying. So there are consequences, there are things that don't go away in our lives as a result of sin and choices we make and in the lives of those who have hurt us, but we are here to forgive. And that's what Jesus said. You'll, they'll know you're Christians because of your love and your ability. And we don't have the ability to forgive, but we, I've said this to you before. If there's any place in your life that somebody's harmed you and you're struggling with forgiveness, just in your mind's eye, picture yourself kneeling at the foot of the cross and allowing his blood to drip down over you, pour over you, and say, Father, you forgave me through the precious sacrifice of your Son. If you'll pour your forgiveness through me, I will be able to forgive whoever it is that has wronged me. That's the only way, but it does work. Because I can tell you that from experience. It does work. And he empowers us to be able to forgive. And so it's powerful, isn't it? So that's kingdom mentality. You've heard that it has been said, thou shalt love thy neighbor, hate thine enemy. But I say to you, here is continuation. Love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you, that you may be the children of your Father which is in heaven. For he makes his son to rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. In other words, the rising of the sun and the setting of the sun, which is upheld by the word of his power, benefits both the just and the unjust, the evildoer as well as the righteous one. So we have to never forget. As I and I, 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 we, we, before we left, I was, t I was telling you that too about the Apostle Paul. Saul was a terrorist. Somebody was praying for him. Somebody was praying for him. And then God spoke to him on the way to Damascus. His life was turned upside down. He became the zealot, the person we look to for zeal and, ze and passionate for spreading the gospel of the kingdom of heaven. Totally 180 degree difference. So, you know, the most evil person we know that's harmed us the most we start praying for them. Number one, you can't start praying for them until you forgive them. You really can't. You start praying for them, you never know what God will do. Now, they have choices, and if they harden their heart and refuse, all right, that's their choice. You're not responsible for, for what they choose. It doesn't mean that we shouldn't pray for them. I think it, I think it fueled his passion to spread the gospel and to make retribution and and burn out for Christ Jesus because he now he ha, he he understood the truth and that's what it should do for us too where we where we failed and where we haven't done well in our past or harmed others it makes us passionate to do to do right and to to do well and they would be passionate they would be zealous zealous and you know we don't get it in the media but if you talk to missionaries who are connected you know um to other missionaries in the world, they'll tell you that in the Muslim world, 
there is a lot of evangelism going on and there are people that are turned into Christ. Yeah. We don't get that. You know, they don't feed us that here. But it is it is yeah. happening. It it is happening. And so we that's what then that's a result of our prayers. And you know, being at a conference like I was at, it just so so restored restores uh, restored my perspective of there are a lot of people in this country that truly do love God yes. and are praying are praying and getting back to God and there are and so we must not be discouraged you know we're only given bits the bits and pieces that the media sees fit to give us we don't have the whole picture you can't rely on the media for the truth for the truth of God of God and so we must know that stand in that truth that there are many in America that are praying and seeking God and saying, God, have mercy on us and come to us as a nation. And so we're going to participate in that, aren't we? we? We participate in that corporately. We're the body of Christ. Yes, here, local, we're a local little body, but we, we are part of the whole, whole body of Christ also. And so um, don't ever be, you know, I'm just saying today to be encouraged that we're, we're part of a much bigger army. And that's another part of the kingdom of heaven. We're part of a global army. And we're victorious. We know the end of the story. We know the end of the story. And so that should give us courage to, you know, push through. We have been dealing with a lot of stuff, but we're going to push through. And we're going to be conquerors. We're going to be con go, go forth conquering and to conquer. We're on the winning team. And there's still victories to be won. There's still a fight to be fought. So let's not give up. Let's not feel that we're in the minority and, oh, poor me, woe is me. And, you know, oh, this, kid, this country's going to hell in a handbag. Well, you know, we hear a lot of negatives. But Jesus is king. He's on the throne. And there are those who are praying and seeking his face and, and crying out to him. And we're going to be among them. We're going to be among them. We're going to be true and faithful all the way to the end. God answers our prayers. That's part of the word. You know, that's what I, what I tried to, to describe to you, and I know I can't do it adequately, but our word goes out in our yeah. prayers. Our prayers go out. They don't just drop on the ground. They go out into the kingdom of heaven, into the, into the heavenlies, and they're heard by the throne room of heaven, and they don't just... Even when they get there, that's not the end of them. Our cry goes out into the world. And God, right, exactly. Our prayers are so powerful. If we could get, when we really get that, we realize prayer is a privilege. I'm allowed to pray. I, it's not, oh, I have to pray. I have to go and pray. No, I'm allowed to pray. I'm allowed to pray. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. If you love them which love you, what reward have you? Do you not even the publicans the same? If you salute your brethren only, what do ye more than others? And this is sad, uh, sadly, this has become the, the the church, unfortunately. You know, it there's the church says you don't fit here because you don't dress like this, or um, you've been divorced so you can't come here, or you're this way and so you can't come here. And what are we doing? What's what's the church doing? It's supposed to be the hospital where people can come, yeah, exactly. right? We're not pushing people away. We're 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 bringing people in. Anybody can come. Any everyone should come. Come to me, Jesus said. Come to me. If we're just loving the people that are like us, 
and, and look like us and smell like us and walk like us and talk like us, well, that's not kingdom mentality. I'm sorry, it just isn't. We're here to love everyone. And the ones that are smelly and dirty and down and out are the ones who need Christ's love and need to know that, that there's a Christ that loves them. So kingdom mentality is uh, committed to, to the ones. Jesus went around to the ones who were down and out. Zacchaeus was a crook, and he said, I must come to your house today. Zacchaeus wasn't somebody that everybody was like, Dying, lining up to go to his house. They hated him. They did. They hated him. They shunned him. He was an outcast by, because he collected their taxes and cheated them. And they hated him. Jesus said, I'm coming to your house. We're going to sit down and we're going to talk. And this day, salvation came to his house because Jesus was willing to go and sit down and talk to him. So are we kingdom, are we kingdom thinking? Or are we saying, mm, oh, I don't want to be seen with that person because, you know, if anybody sees me with them, we've got to lose that stuff. We've got to lose that stinking thinking, and we've got to get kingdom thinking. If you salute your brethren only, what do ye more than others? Do not even the publicans so? Be ye therefore perfect or mature, even as your Father, which is in heaven, is perfect. That's what Jesus said. People like to squirm out of this one. And say, oh, we're never perfect until we get to heaven, which is true. But it's a goal. It's a goal for us to start pressing towards, to annihilate sin and imperfection in our, in our living and in our kingdom thinking. It's, it's our goal. Okay, Lord, help me. Line me up. Help me to press towards this goal. We want to be perfect as you are perfect. We don't want to just be satisfied with always being the way we are. Well, this is the way I was born. This is how my grandfather was. This is how my great-grandfather was. This is how... Right. We've got to break out of that. Yeah. We've got to stand against those generational curses. You know, they're real. They're, I mean, you, you can prove that by charts and scientific methods. You can. I'm, I'm not kidding. You can prove that by... You can see where, where there was a broken marriage and there was alcohol addiction and there was this and there was that and there was... How, how, it, how it affects the generations that follow. There are generational curses. Huh? That's, not, that's, not a, that's not hokey stuff. That's, that's the truth. However, we have the Holy Spirit. We have, having done all to stand, stand in the gap and say, this is the end of that curse. I'm standing against that. This is where it ends. I'm breaking out. I'm going into the kingdom of heaven. And everything that comes out of me going forward is going to be kingdom. Amen. We stand in the gap. That's what that means. It's not just words. It's reality. It's truth. And we have a choice to make. Are we in or are we out? By God's grace, we're going to be in wholeheartedly. Stand is a fight. It's a fight to the death. Is not going to stop until we reach the gates of glory. And even then, we're going to have kingdom work to do when we get to the other side. Amen? Amen. <laughs> so let's keep on keeping on. Don't be discouraged. Don't be discouraged. God has a future and a hope and a good plan for each and every one of us individually, for all of us collectively, and for his whole entire body. 
at large, of which we are a part. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Father, how we thank you for bringing us into relationship with your Son, Jesus Christ, and allowing us the privilege, the awesome privilege, to be kingdom citizens. Now, Lord, we need help. We can't think kingdom thoughts, and we can't live kingdom lives without the power of the Holy Spirit inside of us. And so today, we just open up our hearts once again and say, Holy Spirit, you are welcome in our hearts. Holy Spirit, come and empower us. Come to our thinking. Come to our speaking. Come to our living. Every part of who we are. And baptize us anew and afresh that we will be filled with kingdom thinking and that we will let go of everything else. We love you with all our hearts. And we thank you for this day that you have given us in Jesus' name. Amen.